We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast, a 3-0 edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host and teammate at PackerReport.com, editor, publisher, Ross the Boss, uh, PackerReport.com. Ross, how are you doing today, man? You had a, a big day yesterday, didn't you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, yeah, we, we uh, Andy and I were there at Lambeau Field for the game uh, for Green Bay and Denver. Uh, always a, a game that you know is, is, is a struggle or a matchup that's a struggle for some of us Packer folk that are a little bit older uh, and remember Super Bowl Thirty Two. But uh, you know, it was uh, we we had a blast. We had so much fun. Uh, covering the game and producing content for for the fine folks and uh yeah it, you know it was a big big deal for us uh, andy and i's first uh, game you know as credentialed members of the media we hope we did a did a good job and certainly a you know, big moment for for myself and uh something that i really enjoyed doing i thought we did a pretty good job yeah absolutely you know as someone watching from the outside kind of following you guys on twitter i can definitely say i enjoyed it thought you guys did a fantastic job was uh there anything and i guess uh, i don't want to bury the lead here either you know speaking of packer report 
Uh, three uh, through Packers being three and zero. Ross, is there anything special going on over at Packer Report right now um, that our les- listeners might be interested in hearing about? Yeah, uh, we we've been promoting that a little bit today. Thirty uh, percent off the VIP annual subscription over at uh, Packer Report. The annual number uh, is you know lower on a per month basis than the monthly number already, but. Uh, Above and beyond that, we're going to go ahead and hit you with 30% off of an annual subscription and spend the next year trying to convince you to stay around by, you know, providing premium content stuff if you can't get anywhere else and uh, insight and access to the Packers that only Packer Report has. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a Packers fan, if you're looking for Packers specific, you can't you can't do any better than Packer Report. Uh, I've been so blown away with the guys, the team that's there, even knowing them before really working, you know, side by side with those guys. Just just an incredible group of guys that are at Packer Report, that are hungry, ready to bring people um, awesome Packers content. So definitely go out and check that, check that out. Great special going on right now. But, Ross, being at the game, kind of just putting a bow on this thing, was there anything – um, that maybe hasn't been talked about, or maybe just even your observations from the press box of uh, of this game. Obviously, no, it was a rainy game, and I'm curious to know how, how wet was it at the game yesterday? Was the rain because it was something that looked like it might have been an issue, um, but then there were times it, did, it looked like it was completely dry. Yeah, it definitely uh, you know might have been an issue. I will tell you this: on my way in. Uh, it was absolutely downpouring. And I know that Lambeau Field has absolutely state-of-the-art drainage uh, because I, I took my wife and kids on the uh, on Lambeau Field tour, which is something, if you're a Packer fan, I think uh, is just a must. But uh, that that's sort of as an aside. Uh, I know they have absolutely world-class drainage in, in Lambeau Field. And uh, the, the bottom line is that it was effective you know that they're definitely you saw uh chris harris jr one of the best corners on the planet you saw him slip and fall uh marquez valdez scantling talked about how easy it is to run fast but real hard to slow down in the locker room afterwards uh there were times during the game when it was raining hard but everything but from the footballs to the benches to the field everything just had to be soggy because as I mentioned, um, it was absolutely pouring on my way into the stadium. Yeah, MVS is kind of like that dude from Mighty Ducks that's got no break. Sometimes, did you hear? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did, did you hear what Jamal Williams said after the game when he talked about? Uh, you know, they're asking. I mean, this was a hilarious quote. I was just listening to it in the car and like just cracking up because they go, you know, how do you feel playing in this weather? And he said he felt like a mermaid out there swimming and or like SpongeBob, like. Jamal Williams is such a fun character. Like, that is a guy that not only did he play really well yesterday, he's such a fun guy to listen to in the locker room. Uh, And I think, you know, talking about, you know, moving forward, you know, they got a game in, you know, what, two days from when you guys will be hearing this on Tuesday. And you talk about, you know, Philadelphia coming in, you know, what what kind of challenge, you know, schedule-wise do the Packers have against them now? And you could kind of, you know, Matt LaFleur alluded to it last week when he talked about wanting to get Jamal Williams more carries. And if you looked at the the snap count, 
you know, Aaron Jones only played 22 snaps, was actually out-snapped by Jamal Williams in this game. And of the 22 snaps that Aaron Jones played, he touched the ball 11 of those snaps. So um, a fit, for a running back, 50% of the plays that you're in the game, is it's pretty high to be touching the ball. Um, but, Ross, do you think that's something that I guess you could say, was that a plan for this week, knowing that they had two games in a seven-day span to keep Aaron Jones fresh? Or do you think moving forward – that's going to be something that you know Jamal Williams is kind of, kind of starting to steal reps, I guess you could say, from Aaron Jones. I think there's a number of ways to look at it. Um, you go look at the course of their career. I, I would argue that it's pretty clear who the more effective back is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, there aren't things that Williams does better. And I think one of the uh, one of the big ones is his ability to kind of push the pile and get the tough yards. And not that Aaron Jones doesn't do that, but it's something that uh, Jamal is consistent at. And sure, uh, maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't um, make as many guys miss, but the guy that he doesn't make miss, he'll probably drag with him for two and a half yards, which is useful in a, uh, you know, ground of, down type of rain game where you know he's feeling like spongebob and i think he called everybody else a dog trying to swim i couldn't really follow everything uh, that jamal was saying but he likes playing in in bad weather and so i think that's one of the deals there um i think that uh you know it's it's likely that the weather played into it but at the same time i thought that yesterday might have been um you know, I I really think that it might have been Jamal's potentially Jamal's best game as a Packer or, or one of them. And at that point, you start to wonder if it's not in the team's best interest to make sure he gets plenty of, of, of run. Um, again, like I said, there's just a lot that goes into it. On, on paper, Jones is not a huge back and isn't maybe a guy that needs 28 carries in a game or, you know, that, that isn't even necessarily something that makes sense. So there's just a lot that goes into it. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah, and I think looking at, you know, this Packers offense top to bottom, this is something I tweeted yesterday. Just kind of throughout the course of the game, you know, you think about this Packers offense and, they are starting to look better. I think you can. There are signs that you can point to and say, "Hey, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, they've gotten better every game. They look terrible against Chicago. They look good for a quarter against Minnesota. Um, they look good in spurts yesterday too. But I think they still got a you know a ways to go. But when you look at this, just you know, individual players top to bottom, you will start to wonder. Okay, obviously. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones are your two best playmakers on offense. And then after that, who's going to step up? I think you saw MVS take a big step. But he still obviously got things he needs to work on. That third down drop he had yesterday was huge. Can't happen. Just can't happen in the game. Um, you know, just a drive killer. But then you start thinking, okay, so who really is their third best option on this team? It's probably MVS, but I think Jamal Williams being the, the third option it's closer than a lot of people want to admit or, or even think. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in this offense. You know, Jamal Williams has proven, 
you know, I think he, he he's a much better receiver out of the backfield than I ever thought he was coming out of BYU, and I think he's proven that in his first three years. Um, I love the pony looks that they're getting with both those guys on the field. And then also, you know, you have you have Dexter Williams, who has not even been active yet, um, but he's a guy that I would think towards the end of the year they might kind of take the training wheels off of him. Um, and obviously with the way the running back position's played, it, it's, you know, it's not say it's not unsafe to assume that one of those guys will miss a game or two this season. Um, so I think just looking at this Packers offense as a whole is really really fun. Um, I think you got guys that are ready to step up. Um, I think obviously the receiver position could use an infuse of talent, and I think next year we might see that in the draft. But until then, I think you got MVS. I think you got Devontae Adams. Uh, Jamal Williams has been a, a very effective receiver out of the backfield. Um, so really, you know, your, your running backs and Jones and Williams being kind of kind of your third receiver, if you think about it that way, is not the worst thing in the world. Um, so I think moving forward, that's going to be stuff that I think you know we can look to in games as a potential threat and a potential matchup that they're going to want to take advantage of. Um, and that's the offensive side of the ball, which is kind of the tougher one to talk about. And Ross, I'm going to let you riff here in a second because when you when the Packers traded up and took Darnell Savage in the first round of last year's draft, I, I thought. It was weird because I thought it was a little high. I, I had a second-round grade on Savage, but I still was really jazzed about it. I still really liked his game. And I, the first thing that came into my that, that went through my head is just like, oh, Lord. You know, Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander in the same secondary is going to be a blast. And yesterday, we saw that firsthand. We saw Jair just absolutely pit-pocket Noah Fant. And then we saw Darnell Savage, and I think it's been well-documented. The guy... He's just a blur on the field. He's so, so much fun to watch. And I actually, I quoted one of your tweets talking about him. When you watch the tele, you know, just the television broadcast and you're watching safeties, there are certain guys that just fly onto the screen. And Darnell Savage has done nothing but do that in his first three games. And there's a lot to be excited about with this Packers defense. Um, but I would put Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander at the top of my list. Um, give me your thoughts on just the defensive performance yesterday, Ross, and and moving forward, how we think, you know, what, how how good, especially this secondary, those two guys specifically that I'm talking about, how good can these guys be? Uh, boy, it, it sure seems unlimited, doesn't it? Um, just so incredibly talented athletically, and we've seen, you know, guys with uh, high – RAS scores, exceptional athletes that have flamed out a little bit uh, in Green Bay, but these two certainly don't seem like that's uh, going to happen. And it's it's nice because um, it, it, it kind of knocks some guys down a slot, and and you know you don't uh, maybe Kevin King's not ready to take on number one wide receivers. All right, we'll throw him on number two because Jair's got number one locked down and. You know, maybe Adrian Amos is best as the kind of number two safety or the kind of, you know, steady hand that looks great next to a freak playmaker like Eddie Jackson. Well, you know who looks a lot like Eddie Jackson or who seems to be having an Eddie Jackson-type impact on the game? Darnell Savage. And, And these kind of hits allow the rest of your roster to kind of, 
slide into place or, or come along as they're able, like, frankly, Josh Jackson. Uh, Jackson hasn't developed as quickly as, as maybe some Packers fans would hope. He's still on a developmental path or timeline that most rookie defensive backs would be on where you're starting to see what they'll be in year two, and then in year three they're hopefully ready to go by midseason. But if, you know, King was bad or if Savage was bad, you would be playing Josh Jackson 70 snaps a game come hell or high water, and they're not. They are being allowed to kind of – Take, bring him along as as he's ready. Yeah, kind of taking the the Rashawn Gary approach too. I think that's another guy that's going to benefit tremendously from having two guys in front of him, and he's not really pressured to play. I mean, he he got he looked better, and he's a guy that's gotten consistently better every week. And you know, there's no panic. There's no panic button being pressed with either of those guys right now for the exact reasons that you just laid out. That they're talented guys that are taking the time that they need to develop and Rashawn Gary you know is a guy he's just oozing with potential and you saw you see it you know if but if you had to play him 70 snaps a game uh you you know there might be some more uh you know hiccups and there might be more of a learning curve so um just super impressive what Brian Gutenkes has been able to do this offseason with that defense and before we move on to Philadelphia I just wanted to ask you one last thing about being at the game you know this defense guys like Jair Darnell, the Smith brothers, it just seems like they're having so much fun. You know, that, that they've brought a culture of just of fun to playing defense. And, like, for goodness sakes, you're playing football. It should be fun. But what was your vibe, if you even can speak to that, being in the press box, of, you know, when the defense makes a big play, it's almost become, a you know, in these three games, a tradition to go find a camera and pose or to do the slip and slide, that kind of stuff. Speaking to the crowd, what was your reaction to that, and did you feel like it really did got the crowd get the crowd more involved in the game? No, you you can tell. I mean, you like the the press box certainly is muted, and there are windows in front of you, and they're sealed, et cetera, et cetera. But you can feel the crowd, and you can understand the reaction level uh, of what they're feeling and and how much fun they're having and you know when the defense runs down into the into the end zone on the north side and does a slip and slide and things like that you know the, the crowd's into it man if, if the players are having fun the crowd's gonna have fun and that only gets multiplied by winning and yeah that, like like i said you just you gotta have fun yeah and 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 that's what's going on right now. It's it's fun to cover the team. It's uh, you know I'd imagine it's super fun to be a fan and boy, uh, fun. That you nailed it. That's the right that's the right word. If yeah, if this were an Aaron Rodgers quote, F U N. Let's have some fun because that is exactly what I mean. When's the last time it's been? You know, you you have any feeling other than dread when a Packers defense walks on the field. I mean, it's it's starting to, you kind of get the vibe of like, oh, this is what it feels like to have some confidence in the 11 guys on your defense that they can go get a stop here, that maybe, you know, if the offense is sputtering, they're going to pick them up. 
And so it's, you know, it's something that's been talked about a ton in the first three weeks. I think, you know, they're trending up as well. I think, you know, a lot has been made too. I think the, the run game has been talked about a little bit, but uh, I just, you know, if a team wants to gash us for, you know, gash the Packers for three and a half yards of carry, I think you, you take that and say, okay, try to beat us that way. That's fine. You know, try to draw back. They talked about in the game, the one time the, the Broncos really wanted to take a shot is was Preston Smith's, you know, strip sack where he, you know, Flacco was in more than a three-step drop. He, you know, he took his five-step drop and boom, he gets sacked, turnover. Um, so it's, it's the daring, the, hey, we'll give you this little bit, but beat us other ways. We dare you to. You know, so that's that's what's fun about it. But moving forward, you know, speaking of defense, you know, they've been tested. They they've played some defen- decent offenses, but they have not played a quarterback of the caliber of Carson Wentz, who will be coming to town Thursday night. Um, so that really is the last hurdle I think this defense needs to get over. Is you know, because we've seen defenses in the past that have played well. They feasted on. You know, bottom of the you know bottom of the barrel type quarterbacks, which we've seen so far uh, in like Trubisky. I think Cousins is Cousins and Flacco are probably more your middle of the road starters in the NFL. They made them look like you know bottom level guys, but Carson Wentz, you know, make no mistake about it, this guy is a legit MVP caliber quarterback when everything's right with him. Um, but Ross, talk to me about your expectations for this defense um, playing a guy like Carson Wentz this coming week. I'm sorry, who, who is, who is this quarterback you're talking about? Uh, Car- you know, Carson Wentz, uh, pride of North Dakota state, Bismarck, North Dakota. I think he went to Bismarck century high school. You may have heard of him. There you go. Just making sure we got that in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it is. And, and I think it would be even a bigger uh, threat had he had a healthy group of weapons, but he doesn't. You know, um, Goddard is nicked up. Jackson is likely to be unavailable. Arkega Whiteside is likely to be unavailable. Um, there's a chance even that Elshon Jeffrey also wouldn't play. It's a lot different, I think, facing Wentz when your primary targets are Zach Ertz, who's a great player, uh, Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. But if you know, let's say Patton schemes away Ertz. Are you really worried about losing to Carson Wentz if he has to bomb it to Nelson Aguilar all day? I think that's uh, a long odds type situation for the Eagles. But you're right. I mean, Wentz is far and away the best quarterback they'll have faced this year. There, there's no question about that. Yeah, and I was looking just kind of through some PFF stuff. And, you know, pro football focus is, is certainly not the be-all, end-all, but I do like it because you can look at trends. You know, you can look at um, matchups that way. And one thing that I found really interesting just kind of glossing over it was, you know, Philadelphia's passing grade, you know, so basically what Carson Wentz is doing with the ball is fourth best in the league. Um, so he's been effective. And at least that's what that score would tell you. But they're they're uh, they're receiving their routes run grade or however you want to say it. So basically, they're grading the receivers on you know how well was this route run? Was this guy in the right spot? You know within this route concept where these guys you know spacing all that stuff was twenty eighth in the league. 
So there's a huge disconnect there. And you kind of feel for Carson because here's a guy that would appear is doing everything correctly, but right now just doesn't have you know the ponies in the stable to be getting the results that he wants on the field. So that's going to be something that I think if you look at moving forward is going to be really interesting to monitor during the game is, you know, Carson's going to be Carson, you know, and he's, he's a big athletic mobile guy can make every throw on the field. But if he's, you know, and there, there was something that even, I think someone tweeted, I'll retweet it tonight, just kind of talking about someone, someone said, you know, Carson was struggling to make throws outside the numbers beyond 10 yards. And I think if you look at it, that's exactly what that grade is is kind of alluding to is you look at these guys you know that are running a you know like a a 10 yard out and it's just sloppy it's just it's gross and you look at Carson putting the ball probably where it needs to be but then the receiver not being in the right spot and I know that's easy to say and that might sound like a homer thing for me because I love Carson Wentz as well but if you really watch it, it it kind of that's kind of what it looks like so um, it'll be interesting to, to watch. The bigger concern I have, so if I had to rank my concerns for this game, just you know, without doing a ton of research on the, the Eagles yet, just kind of looking at them you know, from 1,000 feet up, you say Carson Wentz is your biggest concern. I would say my second you know, 1B would be Fletcher Cox in the, middle, in the middle of the field, especially with Elton Jenkins starting his second game. And I think the early returns on Elton Jenkins are very good. You're you're excited about what he did last week, but you know Fletcher Cox is just he, he's a grown man out there that's been doing it for a long time, and he's close to the ball. I mean, a guy like that can absolutely just take over and, and wreck what you're trying to do on offense. I mean, we've seen Kenny Clark do it, you know, the really the first two weeks of the season, and so what? Uh, as far as the way you're looking at this, Ross. What kind of things do you think the, the Packers can do to kind of account for Fletcher Cox um, in this game? And what are your, I guess, what are your big concerns along with that about, you know, this Thursday night game? Well, I, I think you got to get the ball out quick. That's one thing. Uh, Philly is really stressed at cornerback right now from a health perspective uh, with, with basically three healthy guys. Uh, two of them, I'm, I'm not convinced are any good. Rasul Douglas has been very mercurial throughout his career. I'm not sure that at this point in his rehabilitation from that devastating injury that Sidney Jones is ready to be the best cornerback on secondary either, Um, though I think one day it'll it'll likely come. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be to get the ball out uh, is going to be extremely important and also just to – you know, use Lindsley in a in a smart way, and usually get that extra little push because you got, you know, on every play it doesn't take a football genius to tell you you've got three interior protectors and generally two rushers on a standard four man rush, and without it doesn't look like Jernigan's going to go. That second defensive tackle is not the stud that used to be next to Fletcher, so you should, in theory, be able to double Fletcher Cox all day. And, and that's, I think, one of the ways that uh, one of the ways that he was dealt with by the Lions. I think they actually held Fletcher completely out of the box score on Sunday, which is uh, kind of wild. Yeah, and I think when, you know, just looking at this matchup in general, you got two teams that are just 
at, you know, it's we're three weeks into the season and they're just at completely different points. You know, this Packers team, knock on wood, has stayed healthy. You know, and, and they're they're in good shape. And Rodgers even spoke to it on Sunday evening, talking about how he got hit like one time in that game. He's he said he's going to be feeling good for this game. And then you're going to look across the sidelines at this Philadelphia Eagles team, which you know, make no mistake, is a very talented football team with a you know a Super Bowl winning quarterback or uh, coach and quarterback. You know, he played that whole season, so you can't take them lightly. But they are definitely beat up right now. This is. If, you know, from the Packers' perspective, this is a good time to be playing them. And, you know, it's a home game. And the how about the Packers' schedule? I mean, you don't love looking at it. You don't love that they have two Thursday night games in their first four weeks. But when your first game is a Thursday night, then you have that mini-buy. You have two games, have a Thursday night and a mini-buy again. You know, that's not terrible. That's not a terrible, terrible deal at all. Um but keep your eyes open um, for you know my preview that'll be coming out uh, Thursday morning. You know, kind of getting in in depth about some of the matchups and storylines that you'll want to watch for this game. Um, I think it's always fun to read that and kind of look at you know what's going on within the game because there's always games going on within the game. Um, so that'll be a fun fun article uh, to read as always. And Ross, I know you were in the locker room and you got to talk. Um, to, to our boy, Darius Shepard, this last week. Um, so I think we're going to run that audio here before we head out, but is there anything that you want to add um, to that interview or anything you just want to add in general? No, this was just a quick post-game discussion, about three minutes uh, between myself and Packers wide receiver uh, Darius Shepard. So enjoy. Awesome, cool. Um, well, I'm going to let Darius close us out then. Thank you guys so much for joining. Um, and as always, Go Pack Go! So we got to start at the beginning here. What was uh, what was coming out of the tunnel? What was that like? Yeah, uh, unreal feeling. I mean, did it in preseason, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done it before, but just you know, in that year, it's actually in a real NFL game, a regular season, and about to be a part of it. It was crazy. So uh, I was really excited to be out there for the first time today in Lambo. Was your was your first snap? Your first snap was on offense, wasn't it? Okay, somebody asked me. That. I can't remember to be honest. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, might have been the power turn. I can't, okay. I don't, I don't know. It was either that or offense. I thought they ran you in, and they ran a, they ran the ball, yeah. and then they pulled you right back off. It was one or the other. It was either that was the first play or it's. So apparently, it wasn't that memorable of a of, of a thing. I, yeah, it was just it was happened so fast. But sure, I was just like, sure. I so uh, I think the punt return though is a different thing from a nerves perspective, mm-hmm. just because you got eighty thousand people staring at what <laughs> what you're gonna do. What, what was that one like? Yeah, just trying to go back there and just do my job and stay focused on the task at hand. Um, I mean, obviously the conditions played a big part today, so just trying to really lock in and make sure that if I did catch the ball, securing it. Um, the first one went over my head. Second one, I might have maybe been able to pick up and get out of bounds. So kind of just learned from that one. And third one, just fair catch where he hung it up in the air. So yeah, talk about the fair catch because it was wet. Obviously, they were kind of bearing down on you. Yeah, I mean, he hung it up in the air, so just trying to get under it and focus on the ball. Hopefully, next week we get some opportunities to actually return some. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what did it say about the the club's confidence in, in you to to trade Trevor? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, him him being gone, there's a lot there's a lot of slack to pick up. So I, I was really uh, just excited for the opportunity this week to go in and, and, and take that role as starting punt returner. So I want to make sure that I do my best back there and you know make some explosive plays. Kind of two questions: How how close are you? Do you feel like to contributing on offense? And how close do you think the offense is to? Kind of hitting on all cylinders because it's not like they didn't score, but 
you have to feel like there's greater potential than what's been going on. Yeah, I think everybody offensively is getting in the groove of things and figuring out how this thing is going to roll. And I think uh, by, you know, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be really, you know, kicking it. So I'm excited to see where this offense goes. As far as my role, I'm just ready to, my number gets called to, to do my part, um, whenever that may be. So I'm trying to show the coaches and the guys each week that I know what I'm, what I'm first, doing. First time in your career, I would guess since high school on a short week, What's that like with preparation for you guys have to go again in four days? Yeah, I mean, talking to these vets, the biggest thing is getting your mind right and getting your, and your, and your body right, obviously, coming around, like you said, on a short week. But uh, just getting the game plan down, uh, get as much work as you can in that short period and, and getting ready to yeah, go. Yeah, you didn't get hit at all yet today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fresh out of this still, game. Still waiting for that first <laughs> NFL pop. Exactly, yeah. So my thing is just, you know, turn the page, get my body ready, get my mind right, and, you know, get the game plan down. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. 
If you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.